Hello guys, welcome back to Oh Yes Matic Podcast. I am Intan, your podcaster. How are you today? I hope you are staying home and feeling safe. Last episode, we talked about rheumatic heart disease and a little about rheumatic polyarthritis. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please do so. And for today's episode, I want to further explain about rheumatic polyarthritis, rheumatic chorea and other manifestations until we get to the point on how to make diagnosis for rheumatic fever. Alright, let us get going. Rheumatoid polyarthritis is a common reactive synovitis characterized by effusion of fluid in the articular cavity. It is manifested clinically swelling and reddening of periarticular tissues, less commonly severe pain, tenderness, and limited range of active and passive motions. There is involvement of large joints, which often to be symmetric involvement. The pains appear to be migratory, shifting nature of arthritis, and reversible of articular syndrome is possible. Apart of rheumatoid polyarthritis, there are other manifestations of rheumatic fever. It is going to be a long list of symptoms and syndromes of rheumatic fever, and occasionally, the symptoms are difficult to be diagnosed, and differential diagnoses need to be considered during, maca- during making medical decisions. And next, we have a juvenile rheumatic chorea, or Sandham's chorea, which can be observed in children, referred to as St. Vitus dance, it is a disorder characterized by rapid, uncoordinated jerking movements, primarily affect the face, hands, and feet. It is a rare autosomal dominant genetic disorder characterized by non-progressive correct movement without intellectual diminishing. It may come first on the first rheumatic attack and may be associated with rheumatic attack or may develop following it. Do you get me? Uh, rheumatic chorea is a rare autosomal dominant genetic disorder characterized by non-progressive correct movement without intellectual diminishing. It may come first on the onset of first rheumatic attack or it may be associated with rheumatic attack or it may develop following the rheumatic attack. So. Chorea, C-H-O-R-E-A, is characterized by several symptoms such as hypokinesia, muscular dystonia, statics, coordination disturbance, vascular dystonia, and mental disorders. I had said about these uh, characteristics during the last episode, they just a recap before I continue. Okay. Hypokinesia is... Hypokinesia of muscles and their hypotonia is typically the first manifestation of chorea. We can observe chaotic involuntary twitching of the musculature of the extremities and mimic muscles. You can search on YouTube or you can go straight to Oh Yes Medic Instagram. It is Oh Yes Medic. Okay, you can see I have posts about the Sindenham's chorea. The symptoms subside when the patient sleeps but increase during excitations and less commonly present during physical exertion. Eridema annulare is the next manifestation. 
Erythema annulari is manifested clinically by pale pinkish red spots, 5 to 7 cm in diameter. While the spots are well marked, they are not always evenly margined. The edge of the spots usually protrude above the surface of the skin and become pale under pressure. The spots are usually localized at the abdomen, back, breast, and extremities. This symptom only occurs on 6 to 12% per of patients. Erythema annulare most often occurs in adults, but all ages can be affected. The, aver the average age of this erythema annulare onset is 40 years old. Next, we have subdermal rheumatic nodules or subcutaneous nodules. Subdermal rheumatic nodules are grained or pea-sized lesions which are typically localized at the periarticular tissue which surrounding the joints. One of the major criteria in rheumatic fever is these subdermal rheumatic nodules are rare and whenever these nodules appear, they are invariably associated with carditis. The nodules can be examined, can be examined on the hand knuckles, phalanges of hands and feet, and even on large joints such shoulders and knees. Subdermal rheumatic nodules may occur in rheumatic attack in three to six percent of patients. However, the skin above them does not change, and because they appear to be painless, patients unusually less concerned about the appearance of these nodules. Alright, next we have rheumatic pneumonia. Rheumatic pneumonia is mainly observed in children. They show symptoms like dysmania, coughing, fever, and spartan production. Although the auscultative symptoms are poorly marked, significant findings can be observed in X-ray imaging, which shows multiple foci of sclerosis or bilateral periapical process which resembles butterfly's wing shape. Pulmonary Vasculitis is the next manifestation of rheumatic fever. Pulmonary vasculitis manifested by coughing and bloody sputum. Moist rails on auscultation without any changes can be revealed during percussion of the lung. On X-ray imaging, diffuse enhancements of lung pattern can be observed. Next, we have rheumatic pleuritis which most commonly bilateral and characterized by pain on the chest, coughing, and dysmania. On auscultation, usually pleural friction rub and crackles, crackling rails can be revealed. Next, we have abdominal syndrome, which is a rare sign of disease in children, characterized by a sudden occurrence of diffuse or localized pain in the abdomen and associated with nausea and less commonly by vomiting, constipation, or diarrhea. It is often accompanied by rheumatic peritonitis. The pain in abdominal syndrome is migratory, varying in extent which often associated with fever, slight tension of the muscles of the abdominal wall, tenderness on palpitation. Peritoneal symptoms disappear within several days and usually there is no recurrence. Before I end today's episode, I would like to emphasize that apart of all syndromes I said before, clinical manifestations of rheumatic fever can 
also can focus on renal manifestations which vary from urinary syndrome such as albuminuria and hematuria. It can be caused by infectious nephritis or diffuse glomerular nephritis. Then we could have eye manifestations such as conjunctivitis and epistleritis. It is also possible to reveal endocrine manifestation involving, in pituitary, involving pituitary and adrenal glands disorder. In the next episode, I will conclude this whole topic and explain how we can make diagnosis of rheumatic fever which all these, with all these clinical manifestations that I said before. It will be a short episode to conclude how we can make diagnosis of acute rheumatic fever and rheumatic heart disease. So I hope you guys will come back here to listen to my beautiful voice. So stay, stay safe, be home. I am Intan and this is Oh Yes Madik Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Peace be upon you and goodbye.